Amen. Good morning, everybody. Let's clap to God today. Good morning. Go ahead and have a seat, if you will. Good to see you guys. Welcome to the uh, second service this morning. Happy New Year, EBC. All right. First service, they were still asleep whenever I said that. You guys had a little more time to sleep this morning, but... uh, So glad that you are here with us. You know, it's an interesting thing. I thought back over uh, this past year, and uh, our church turned uh, 15 this past year. We celebrated a 15-year anniversary. I was thinking EBC is a full-blown teenager. That is what we are, for sure, as a church. And, you know, it's been an amazing 15 years that God has blessed us with. And, you know, I think it's really safe to say, though, that whenever I've looked back over the last year, And just have watched all the things that God has done. You know, it's easy just to kind of take for granted the things that have happened. And just kind of get used to things. And you don't really think about all the stuff that's happened. And, you know, and maybe even a lot of you, you don't hear about a lot of the things that have happened in our church. And I want to share just with you this morning. We're going to continue in our series called Shine. But I want to share with you just for starters, just some of the things that God did over this last year. So you can kind of celebrate with me. We can see where God is at work and what he's done. And it's really, you're going to see, it's safe to say that 2015 or actually 2014 has been the best year we have ever experienced as a church. I mean, God has done some enormous things this past year. And I think it's important to mark those things and to experience those milestones and to celebrate those milestones as a church and to know this, that God wants to do even more. And listen, uh, the reason God did these things is because you've been available. We as your pastors have presented opportunities before you. We've shared things with you. We've given you vision and you've bought into that. And, And through your faithfulness, Through your willingness to serve, through your uh, inviting the unchurched, you're serving. And just this morning, I was hearing about our worship team. They were up here really early this morning. And that's just, that's typical in a number of different ministries. Because your willingness to serve and your willingness to be obedient, you've partnered with us in the gospel. And you know what? God honors that. And I'm so thankful he's blessed through your generosity in a number of different ways. And, you know, our desire as, as a people of God is to shine brightly for him. One of the songs and one of the verses in the song we just said, said that Jesus is sending us out like lights shining in the broken world. That's what we're in is a broken world. And the holidays are over. And here we are, and for some, there's a sense of dread, maybe going back to what you're going to be going back to. And, you know, with the new year, there's often kind of a, this sense of a, of a hope for maybe things to be different. And maybe with the flip of a day of a calendar, maybe 2015 will be a better year. But you know what also we sometimes find with a new year is we find that there's also a great sense of uncertainty. We don't know what this upcoming year holds for us. For some of you, 2014, maybe it wasn't the best year you've ever had. Maybe it was the worst year in your life. For some of you, 2015 may be a difficult year. For some of you, 2015 may be the best year of your life. And here's what we really felt strongly about as your pastors. What we want to be certain to do is is to communicate that we can't predict our future. We don't know what's going to happen in this upcoming year. But our job and our responsibility as your pastors is to equip the people of God to be prepared for whatever 2015 may bring us, right? We want to be grounded in the one that we know holds our future. And we want to be grounded in that. And I was feeling yesterday, uh, not only just, um, I've had just a range of different emotions through the holidays, but yesterday 
And maybe some of you are feeling a little bit of this as we're moving back into kind of routine of things. I was feeling a little bit of a sense of, of dread about some upcoming things that I'm going to have to uh, struggle through and deal with a little bit. And, and Hope and I, Hope's my wife, we were talking yesterday about some of that. And she reminded me of this verse. And I thought, what a great verse for all of us going forward. This isn't our, our main text today, but what a great verse for us as a church. What a great verse for you. What if this were a great verse for you going into this upcoming year? And it's found in Isaiah chapter 26. And I want you to look at this verse. And, and in fact, I, I believe we shared this verse in the first week of our series called Shine. But look at what it says. And this is what God wants to speak into our lives today. You will keep in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect, perfect. All right. Peace, perfect peace, he says. You, God, will keep in perfect peace all who do what? Trust in you. All who trust in you. And Hope reminded me of that yesterday. Because I was just, I was feeling kind of a lack of peace yesterday. I was feeling a little anxious about some things. And she reminded me of this. And God's scripture just really spoke some peace into my life at that moment. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are what? Fixed on you. Where our thoughts are fixed on you, God. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the, what is he? He is the eternal rock. What does that say about him? It says that he is our stability. When our circumstances in 2014 and in 2015 are ever shifting, God is the one that we can count on, right? He is the one that is stable. He is the one that we can count on to bring us that joy and peace in our lives. It's knowing him deeper that's going to do that. It's not more religious activity. It's not just co going through the motions of coming to church or, or going through the motions of opening your Bible and reading it because you have to rather than you just you really want to, you know, where we can kind of get in that mindset. But it's it's actually knowing Christ is what Paul is going to tell us in the book of Philippians. That is our source of joy. So what about this? You know, the new year always brings with it. Uh, New Year's resolutions. It always brings with it, with it this desire for change. People are more desirous of change in their life, usually in these first few days of January, and they're more open to it than any other time of the year. But what if this year was not so much about maybe hoping for different circumstances? Because we can't control that, right? What if this upcoming year was more about not just being a new year with new circumstances? What if it was more about a new you in how you dealt with the circumstances when they come your way? Are you following me? What if it was more about the way that you respond to whatever happens? Because again, you can't control what happens. But we have been learning that we can control our responses to what happens. What if that was your chief aim going into this upcoming year? What if that was your greatest pursuit and your desire was to know God more intimately in that kind of way? So we're going to look in, in chapter 3 of Philippians. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and start turning there with me to chapter 3. But before we get into that, I just want to share with you, for those of you who are a part of our church, you can celebrate this with us. For those of you who are newer to our church, I hope you'll indulge me for just a few moments as I really, I just want to brag on what God has done through the people of God in, in EBC in 2014. I just want to brag, not on ourselves, 
I want to brag on God a little bit and what God has done. I want to praise God for what the Lord has done through EBC, through you. And, and just let me hit a few just great milestones that we hit in 2014 before we get into really breaking down God's word this morning. EBC Go, for those of you who are new, EBC Go is, our, is, is what, we, what you would think of as kind of our missions branch of our church. Although we don't view it that way, we view the entire church as we are the missions department. We don't have a missions branch, okay? But if you're kind of wondering what EBC Go is, that's where we're really on target and really on point for reaching out and extending God's kingdom all over the world. And so let me share with you just some neat things that, that uh, through your faithfulness and what God is doing through EBC. This year, we uh, partnered with a church plant up in Hasset called Vantage Point Church, where we've been supporting them financially this year, and they've had tremendous growth this year. And so that's one way that we've had a, uh, an impact on the kingdom of God here locally is, is by helping to plant another uh, Bible teaching church here in, in our area. And we're partnering with that great church. It's just growing wonderfully up in that Hasslet area. And so we're excited about that. We've continued reaching out in Honduras, and we have a team that went to Honduras this year, um, and we've been doing this for the last few years. They've been going into a village called La Pradera, and in La Pradera, a couple of years ago, uh, the Lord opened the opportunity for us to build a, a school there, and many of you were involved in that. Well, this year, the team went back and did a vacation Bible school in that, in that village of La Pradera. The children were so excited. There were over 260 kids that came to that vacation Bible school. There were over 20 children that accepted Christ as their saviors, as their savior through that vacation Bible school. Isn't that awesome church? Amen. I mean, praise God for that. Um, the, they were also able to build and add on three additional rooms to the school that was built there. Uh, the Tapiero family, who's a member, uh, members of our church, they come to the third service. They got involved and went this year. So we were able, able to have our, our first translators that were from our church. So we didn't have to depend upon other translators, which really made for a great opportunity to develop more relationships there. And so the relationships are continuing to, to blossom there as we watch what God wants to to do in this upcoming year in Honduras, and maybe some of you will get involved in, in a trip to Honduras this year. We also are involved in Montreal and uh, up in Canada, and what God is doing up there is amazing, and we're getting to be a part of it. Two years ago, we sent a family out, Chad and Shelly Vandiver. They were a part of our church. They'd come to our church, and, and, and we didn't have them for very long, but we were able to send them out to the Quebecois people. The Quebecois pe people group are a people group, they're French-Canadian, up in that part of North America and in Canada there, they are the, the least or the most unchurched people group in all of North America. Less than 1% of them are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. 1.5% are, are involved in any kind of church. I mean, that, that should break our hearts. And we've engaged that people group by supporting Chad and Shelly Vandiver, and we supported them uh, financially this year. And what Chad and Shelly do, they come alongside church planters, and they are Quebecois church planters who are planting church, uh, churches in that part of the world. And we are financially supporting uh, two churches up in that area. One is called La Chapelle. Now, here's a neat thing. Thing about La Chapelle. La Chapelle in the last year has grown larger than Eagles View Church already. I mean, they are exploding up in that area and you're investing in that. 
Um, last Easter, they had already baptized 70 people last year. We're investing in that. And so God's really working through what's happening through La Chapelle. We engaged another church this year called Le Contact. And Le Contact is another church in another part of that Montreal area that we have supported financially. And they are also seeing amazing things that are happening. And so um, some of you have been involved in going to Montreal. And there will be more opportunities in the future as we partner with what's happening in that part of the world. Um, Malawi, Africa, we sent a, f- a family out called, uh, or the Seaver family went out to begin a medical work in Malawi. And we're looking forward to what God is going to do through them as they're a part of EBC. And, and we'll have uh, opportunities to, to go and, and visit them and to partner with them in that part of the world. Also, Denisha Shipman, she's a member of our church. She may be in here or in one of the other services. She went to Malawi this year as well. And it just really affirmed that that is another place that we're supposed to be working in the world. She went independently of our church, but the Lord opened an opportunity for her to go. She went and, uh, and God's working through people of EBC in Malawi. We were supporting a young lady, uh, in Chile down in South America. Her name's Annette and she's been working in a school there. And now she's shifting over to working in an orphanage. We've been able to financially support her and contribute. We've been supporting a young lady who's working in Laos, uh, in Southeast Asia. And so again, by your generosity, we've been impacting that part of the world as, as well. Um, our work in Laos slowed down just a little bit this year because of government instability. But where God has opened doors for us in Montreal and in Malawi, we've been following him. That's what we do is we follow where God is leading. And sometimes it slows down. We continue to pray and just seek where God is leading us. And so um, that's just some of the things that are happening all over the world. But because of your generosity this year, we've been able to help more families that have had need for benevolence this year than ever before. 18% more um, was given towards families in need of benevolence this year, again, because of your generosity. Now, listen to this. 124 children have been sponsored by families of Eagles View Church through Compassion Compassion International. 124 families sponsoring impoverished children all over the world. Uh, and, And that's, again, we just presented it to you. You responded. I figured this up. That is over $57,000 that you have given in a year's time towards impoverished children all over the world. Amen? That's amazing. That doesn't even come into Eagle's view. That's just you, us telling you about it and you doing it. I praise God for that. That is so awesome. This year, over 417 Christmas boxes came in that you, we presented it to you. You did it. You responded. That was, that, that was a record-breaking year through Greg and Tara Martin's leadership. Uh, truthfully, we really didn't even promote it that much this year. And you guys gave more to that this year than you've ever given. And those are boxes going all over the world where the gospel's going out to children all over the world. You've just been so generous and so faithful. And we're so thankful to you as your pastors to partner with you. I mean, we tell you about it and you respond. And that is just such a joy as a pastor. We don't pressure you. We don't feel the need to pressure. We just tell you. And as God leads you, you've been giving to this. So, so check this out, EBC. We're involved in Canada. In Nor- so we're involved in North America, South America, Central America, Africa, Southeast Asia. Guys, we're missing Europe, Australia, and Antarctica. Slackers. All right. 
I mean, think about it. Who would have thought God would have done something like that through a little church in Saginaw in an old rundown building, right? As that's he, he, the guy last week told us we had a rundown building, right? And we, he's right. But it's just amazing what God does through his people, right? It's, he doesn't do it through a building. He does it through his people. So we stepped out in faith in our missions giving this year. And, and this was a, a, a staggering statistic that Karen, our financial administrator, gave me this week when I asked her for this. Over 352% more given to extend God's kingdom in 2014 than in 2013. 352% more going out into extending the kingdom of God. Now, can I tell you something that's exciting about that as well? Do you know that also internally this year financially has been the best year for Eagles View Church? Do you think God's trying to teach us something there? Do you think God teaches us that as we continue to give out and that he blesses us and brings it in, we are to be about releasing it to all over the world? Amen. Isn't that an amazing thing to think about what God has done? Let me just share just a few more things and then let's get into the word of God here. But um, our attendance hit new weekly average records this last year. We consistently were running over 600 even in the summer months this last year. We grew in the summer months. So attendance grew by 17% last this all of this last year. New membership grew by 55%. Here's another big milestone. We paid off the land on Bailey Boswell Road. So you gave to that as well. I mean, it's been an amazing year. We engaged architects for the new building, which will begin construction documents in the next few weeks. And Lord willing, we'll be breaking ground on that new facility out on Bailey Boswell Road here in the spring. We launched our Go the Distance vision for our relocation out to that. And you pledged over 563000 You gave a one-time cash offering gift on one Sunday of over $75,000. That's above and beyond the regular gifts. And God also blessed us with a $200,000 gift in kind for all of the HVAC units to go on our building out there uh, and all of the labor to install them. That's a $200,000 gift that the Lord blessed EBC with last just this past year. Do you think God blesses us whenever we're giving out? Amen. God continues to bless those who are generous. And you've been generous and God has blessed us in that way, which brought us to a total of over 838,000 pledged and gifts in kind to going towards the next facility out on Bailey Boswell Road. So the Lord has blessed us tremendously. We were blessed with a one acre lot that was donated to us last year. We'll be selling that, which will go also towards paying down the new building. Um, our, our general fund giving broke records this year. Our general fund giving, check this out, grew by 29%. So even in all the other ways in which you were generous and you gave, we didn't slack off of taking care of the day-to-day business here at EBC. And many of you also gave through your life groups. And this is all stuff that's, a lot of this isn't even recorded. These are just things that, that we know that you did, that you gave to needy families through your life groups. You continue to be generous. And, the, and, and we, uh, you know, the generosity this year in 2014, this past year, was unlike anything I have ever seen in our church. And it, was, and it came because you were obedient to the Lord. You know what's very interesting? Was I, I only did one message on generosity. It wasn't on tithing or anything else. It was just about being generous. One message on generosity this past year. And look at how generous you folks have been. 
Now, Bill Aston said last time I said that, he said, don't mess it up whenever I said that, all right? Like, don't do it anymore, right? Okay? It's just, I, I just celebrate that. I, want, I wanted to tell you all that because a lot of times you don't get to hear that. You don't get to always know what's going on. And I want you to know what God is doing through you. Baptisms were up 63% last year than they were from 2013. So we saw more people get baptized. We launched Camp Dad this past year and saw a number of you dads baptizing your children out at Eagle Mountain Lake. That was an incredible day. Our worship ministry, which is hard to measure tangible things, but it's safe to say we see more people involved in worship ministry than we've ever seen in the history of our church. Pastor Danny started a new choir this last year that many of you are involved in, and we love seeing that on a regular basis. And that's just been a great ministry that continues to develop. Our student ministry, Pastor Kyle said, told me he averages over 50 kids on Sunday mornings now regularly. And that creeps up over 60 on a regular basis that they are averaging. He took more to summer camp this year than ever. At summer camp, four kids accepted Christ. And we're most excited about this. He has more adult volunteers in that area serving than he's ever had. There are 13 of you that are regularly serving, investing in those students. And parental involvement is at an all-time high in that area. Our, our children's ministry had a great year where new classes were started to make room for more growth. And a number of you started serving in those areas. Uh, Pastor Dustin told me that, that he took a record number to camp this year where 58 went. Seven began a relationship with Christ. So seven kids got saved at camp. Amen. Praise God for that. VBS had a record attendance. Over 318 came. They averaged over 100 every night. A number of children were baptized. And this is a ministry we're really excited about. A special needs ministry was begun through the leadership of Cordelia Wilder and Melissa Fuller. They started that. And a number of you have gotten involved. They had recently had a respite night. For, for, for families with special needs. And 18 of you showed up as volunteers on that night to serve families who are in need in that way. What does that say about what God is doing for the people of EBC? Guys, there are so many things that, that we could measure tangibly, but there are also just numbers of things that you just can't measure. And you know what I believe? I believe God deserves a big clap offering for what he's done in 2014. Amen? I mean, that's just some of it. That's just some, some of it, because I got to get into teaching you the word now, okay? All right? But that's just some of what he's been doing through, through EBC. So can I tell you this? You're making a difference. You are shining bright in a world that is dark. And that is what we're called to do, Amen is to shine bright in this dark world. That's what Paul says. And we've been learning about how we shine brightest, really, I believe, when we as believers are filled with God's joy and with his peace when we're going through difficulties in our lives. And we shine brightly whenever we are rooted in Christ. It doesn't mean we have a fake plastic smile. It just means this. It means that God is working in our lives. And people who don't know him, they see something different in us. They see something different in you that, that is appealing and attractive to, to, you, to them in and, and some kind of way. And, and, you know, and so we've been learning a lot about what it means to have God's joy in our lives. And, and so last week we talked about, we started talking about in chapter 3 about Paul gives us this plan for protecting that joy. Because it's easy as a believer to lose that joy. 
And that joy can go away very quickly and that peace can dissipate. So how do you keep that joy? How do you protect it? How do you safeguard that in your life? And what we, what we learn by just reading straight out of the scripture, Paul said, it starts by resisting legalism. Okay, and Paul would begin to say that that we have to resist legalism because we're often prone to getting very legalistic about our walk with Christ. We start getting very legalistic about it and, and it becomes more about religious activity. It starts becoming more about going through the motions of being religious than actually what Paul would say than actually intimately and deeply knowing Jesus Christ. So we have to resist that urge for legalism. And then I said last week, and, and if you missed it, you can listen online. We talked about the, the fact that, that a lot of times you'll see some of the most sour people in the entire world are people who are supposed to be Christians. And they're sour, and, and, and the world looks at that, and they don't want any part of that. And, and so you'll find that where there is often legalism, you'll find a lot of kind of that sour disposition, okay? But where, where grace abounds, you'll find that joy abounds. When people realize how much God has done in their life and how much he has forgiven them and, and what God has done in, in their past, then you'll find that a joy abounds in this. So look at with me, look with me in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. And, and we'll just kind of just quickly recap this. Here's what he says in verse one. Whatever happens. Now, this would be a good thing for you to take going into 2015, right? Whatever happens, because you don't know. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, everybody say it with me next. What does he tell us to do? Whatever happens, say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord. And I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it. He's telling us these things to do what? Safeguard our joy. Why? Because Paul knew that we are susceptible to losing it. I want you to safeguard your joy. That's what he, and, and your faith. That's what he says. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. So we resist legalism where legalism starts being about more about us adding to the gospel and us thinking that we need to add things or we need to perform for God to love us. And he says, we resist that. Instead, we rely upon what Christ has already done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. So Paul said to safeguard our joy, we got to get back to the place of pursuing and loving Christ just for who he is. Not just for, you know, uh, not just because we feel like we have to, but we do it because we want to. And so it's about developing and cultivating a relationship. And so here's the next thing he's going to say. We resist legalism, but to safeguard our joy, we also need to refocus on what matters most to God. And this is kind of recapping last week. We've got to focus in because we will often start focusing in on things that don't matter that do not matter in our lives. And Paul says, I've got to focus on the things that matter. A lot of people will focus on religious activity. You may be tempted to go into this year thinking, well, I'm just going to have to be more religious or I'm going to have to act more religious. And what Paul's going to say is, that's not going to help your joy. That's not the source of joy is religious outward activity. What he's going to say is going to impact your joy is going to be your relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship over religion. And so look at what he says in verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable. 
There was a point where I thought these things were, were, were valuable. But now I consider them, what does Paul say those things are? Worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of, now read the next part with me out loud, of what? Of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as, everybody say it with me, counting it all as garbage. All right. We learned that that's a, uh, that's a strong word last week that Paul says that it is refuse, that it is actually the word is dung with a capital D. That's what it is. That's what Paul uses that kind of language to describe outward religious activity. He says, that's not where it's at. Because remember, Paul would say, I was one of the most religious that there's ever been. And that was not my source of joy. He's going, I'm going I'm to describe it as this, as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and I become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous. How do you become righteous, church? Through my faith in Jesus Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on my good works. Is that what it says? What does it say? God's way of making us right depends on my faith. It depends on my faith. All right. So outside religious activity matters in appearance to other people. And Paul says, listen, that's all garbage. That's refuse. Our main aim is this. And this is what he says in verse 10. I want to, I want to what? Know Christ. What if that were your chief goal going into this upcoming year? I'm going to know him more than anything else. What if that were your goal above, I'm going to lose 15 pounds this year or whatever it may be? What if it were, I'm going to know Jesus Christ more and more intimately. I want to know Christ more than anything else and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. What if we really took to heart where, where, where Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does he say? And all these other things will be added unto you as well. But you seek God first. You put God first. You put God first in, in your family. You put God first in your personal health. You put God first in your finances. You put him first in every single area. And what does he say? I take care of everything else, but seek me first. I want to know Christ, okay? So Paul said, safeguarding your joy is going to come through this. It's going to come through resisting legalism. It's going to come through refocusing as I refocus on what matters most. And now here's what he's going to lead into. And I'm going to give you some practical stuff to take out of this. Okay. And then he's going to say to safeguard my joy, I have got to learn to reject complacency. Because complacency is something that will very easily begin to settle in into, it can settle into a marriage, it can settle into a relationship with God, it can settle into the way that you go about doing your job. Complacency is something that settles in and can be a very dangerous thing. Now I want you to think about this. If anyone could have ever said that they have arrived spiritually, don't you know that it could have been the Apostle Paul, right? I mean, think about who Paul was. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He planted churches. He was suffering for Jesus Christ in chains, you know. But look at what he says, and I think this is something that every Christian and every church needs to take heed of. Look at what he says in verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. 
even the Apostle Paul realized, I still have a lot of room to grow. Church, do you realize all these great things that I shared with you that God did in EBC in 2014 are wonderful things, but do you realize that there are still empty seats in our church? The first service had a number of empty seats. The third service had a number. You're thinking, there are not a lot in here, buddy, but there are some, okay? There are still people in this community that are broken. There are still people that need the gospel message. There are still people that are hurting. There are families that are falling apart. And we, we can never get complacent and just say, God, that's awesome what you did last year. And we rejoice in that and we should rejoice in it. But we, we never can get to the place of just saying, but that's all we, we believe you really want to do. God wants to do so much more through our church. God wants to do so much more in your life personally. God wants to, to, he wants us to grow. He wants us to continue to grow. And so Paul lays out this plan of personal growth. It's amazing. Look at what he says. But I, I do this. I haven't already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, Paul says it again. I have not achieved it. Paul's saying, I'm not there. I mean, this is Paul saying this. I haven't arrived. And I think a lot of times that Christians, we as Christians lose our joy because I think we very easily grow complacent and we get satisfied and we get, we can become this way, and I hate to put it this way, but it's easy to, I can speak this about myself, okay? So I'll talk about myself. I can get lazy. Can anybody else in here get lazy? I can get lazy. I can get lazy in doing the things that I need to do to be a good father. I can get lazy in doing the right things that I need to do to be a good husband. I can get lazy in my walk with God. I can get lazy. We're prone towards that, and we can rest on our laurels. And I think we as Christians lose our joy a lot of times because I think what happens is we miss what God is doing all around us because we can become very consumed maybe in our own set of problems, and that's all we focus on. And so we miss God at work all around. We miss where he wants to work because we get very consumed, self-absorbed. We can become very self-absorbed. And you'll never meet a Christian who is complacent that is also filled with joy. You'll never meet one that's complacent that's filled with the joy of the Lord. Complacency is one of our spiritual enemy's greatest weapons. I mean, he's very good at using this in a number of different areas of our lives. And the moment we become, we become complacent is a moment that we become very vulnerable in our relationships, either relationships with people. You can take for granted people in a, in a marriage relationship. You can take for granted uh, people that, that you're a parent to. You can take for granted other You can take for granted your relationship with Christ. And I think the moment that that begins to happen is a moment that we that honestly we become ungrateful for for what God is has done in our lives. And we slip into this place of being ungrateful and and maybe we're just kind of focusing in on only our own current set of problems. We should always be expecting that God wants to do more in our life and more in our church. Because God is still, if we're still breathing, God's still working through us and wants to use us in a great way. So, so this time of year, people are really open to change, right? So let me give you some takeaways real quick from God's word. Something for you to take out of here and to apply to your life. If you want to see change happen and reject complacency, here are some things that you've got you've to embrace that Paul says. He says, follow my example. Look at what Paul says in verse 17. 
He says, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. I got to tell you, that's pretty bold for somebody to say, follow me like that, right? And that's what Paul says. Pattern your life after me. And remember where Paul was at. He was going through difficulty. He was going through hardship, and yet he still had joy and peace. And so this is what he's going to focus in on, where he was focusing in in the first 11 verses of chapter 3 on his past. Now what Paul is going to focus in on is his present and the future. And this is what he's going to say. Um, and, and, and let me just give you some principles for personal growth that Paul pa- says patterns, a pattern for personal growth. Here's the first thing that if you want to grow in this next year and you want to grow to be more like Christ and you want to grow in any area of your life, this is what you have to do. You have to you have to enact the principle of evaluation. You've got to evaluate your life. And here's what that means. I've got to really face my faults. I have to really look and 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 do an honest assessment of where I'm really at. Where am I really at as a parent? Where am I really at? How successful am I being as a, as a husband or as a wife? How successful am I being in, in this certain area? To grow, you have to know. If you're going to you know, know where you're at, if you've got to know where you are before you know where you need to go. And so there's this assessment that needs to happen. So, so it's, it's kind of like when you go to, to a, a mall or somewhere like that and you're looking on one of those big maps And what does it say on the big map? It says you're looking for where you're at on the map. And what does it say? You are here, right? Well, once you find where you are at, then you can kind of orient yourself to knowing where you need to go. And that's what Paul would say right here, because he says it in verse 12 and 13. Not that I have already achieved these things or reached perfection. Paul did an honest assessment of himself and he realized this. I've still got a lot of room to grow. I still really have room for personal growth. And that's a powerful example that Paul sets for us as someone who is, who is older in his life, who is certainly mature in the Lord more than any of us have ever been. And Paul would say, I've not reached it. I got to keep pressing forward. I need to keep growing. Church, we need to keep pressing forward. We need to keep growing. And you know what that requires? And this is one of the things that I love about our church. It requires being transparent. You know, one of our core values is authenticity. We want to be real. And I think one of the things that I, I, I really believe turns people off who don't know the Lord or who are, are not in church is when they see Christians that maybe think and act like they've got it all together. You know, because we know this, we don't have it all together. We are a church filled with broken people. And we've got to face our faults and we've got to realize that we've got a lot of room to grow. And, and, and this is what Paul is saying is, is I've got to admit where I've got struggles and doubts and fears and I need to grow through this. And, and I'm reminded whenever I look at these things and I'm growing in my walk with Christ, I'm reminded of what God's grace really means in my life. And you know what it really makes me do? It makes me love Jesus that much more. <laughs> Because I realize my brokenness and I realize his forgiveness. So this, this requires transparency on your part. It requires not playing church. It requires getting real about where you're at spiritually. And not just saying, you know, I'm satisfied just maybe just by coming to church a few times a month or whatever. No, I really need to grow in the Lord this year. It's not about just outward religious activity. 
It's me really growing in my relationships. So, so a, lot of, a lot of us, we're more concerned about our reputation than we are really our, our inward character. We're really maybe more concerned about what people might think than, than what God might think about us. And so here's the thing. Here's a practical question for us to ask. Where do I need to change? That's a good question just really to assess. Just start asking the Lord to show you, Lord, what are areas that I need to change? How do I need to grow? Do I need to be more patient this year? Do I need to have more kindness this year? More peace? Am I the one that needs more joy in the midst of difficulty? Could I be a better husband this year? Could I be a better wife this year? Could I be a better boss, a better employee? Where do I need to grow? Rather than just kind of looking at it and going, I'm just kind of satisfied. How could you be better this upcoming year? How could I be better? Here's another thing that Paul shows us, okay? And this is really important as well, is that if I'm going to grow, then I've got I've to enact this principle that's called elimination, and that's where I forget the former. This is where I, I let go of some stuff that I need to let go of in my life. Look at what he says in verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but here's what he says. But I focus on this one thing. Now, what does he say next? I want you to read it with me out loud, okay? Say it with me forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, if, if I'm going to be everything that God wants me to be, then I'm going to have to let go of yesterday. I'm going to have to release some of these things in the past. And that could be a couple of different things for you. Um, for, and I love this passage in Isaiah. Look at what, it's, what Isaiah writes, and I love the way the message reads. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert and be what? Present. Let go of some of this stuff in the past. I'm about to, God says, I'm about to do something brand new. Do you know God wants to do something brand new in your life this upcoming year? Amen? Are you ready for God to do something brand new in your family this year? God's ready to do it. But look at what he tells us. He says, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? And I think a lot of times we miss it because we're focused so much on maybe a problem. And here's what he says. You got to let go. So what do I let go of? Here's some things. Just quick. I got to let go of some failures that I've had in my life. Anybody blow it this last year? Raise your hands. Anybody blow it? Okay. I know more of you blew it than that. Okay. We mess up, right? What we've got to do is we've got to let go of those failures. We confess it. We move forward. We learn from it. I learned to let go of the past and, and we all blow it. And you know, Paul probably had more regrets than anybody. You know, he had regrets. If you know about Paul's life, what do you know about Paul before he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus? He persecuted the church, did he not? He participated in the murder of Stephen. He held the coat of the uh, coats of the men who threw rocks at Stephen and killed him there on the streets there in Jerusalem. He, he participated. He had all kinds of regrets. He threw Christians in jail and then he met Jesus and Paul realized this, I've been forgiven and I need to let go of that. I've got to move forward. I cannot continue to linger in the past. So what do you need to let go of? I've also got to learn to let go of my successes because sometimes we can linger so much on the successes and we rest on the successes that we never grow in the future. 
Because we're all about the glory days and what we've done. And, and we've got to realize that everything, church, we've got to realize that everything that God did in EBC last year, God did it, right? Amen? It wasn't by any of our ingenuity or by any of us doing anything. God did it, and he did it through his people who were available to him. And so I've got to learn to let go of some of my successes. So here's what you need to ask yourself. Going into this next year, what do I need to let go of? Are there some failures that maybe I've just been, I've been beating myself up. I'm, I'm feeling all this guilt from these things. You've already confessed them to the Lord, but you're hanging on to them and you can't grow unless you let go of those things. God has forgiven you. You need to move forward and grow. We learn from the past. We don't just completely just, just discard it. We learn from it, but we don't dwell in it. So we're looking forward. We learn from it going forward. Are there some successes that you need to let go? Can you be a better, you know, whatever this upcoming year, whatever the Lord's leading you to be better at? Here's something else. Another practical thing is if I'm going to, if I'm going to have this great growth in my life, then I've got to have this principle of concentration. And here's what I do. I focus, I focus on the future. And what that means is I have some goals out ahead of me. How do I want to grow in this upcoming year? Look at what he says in verse 13. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race. That's the goal. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul said, I focus on this one thing in the original language, that word one would have a big exclamation point behind it. I focus on this, this one thing. Now, when you're reading the context of all this, what is the one thing that Paul says I've got to know more than anything else? Knowing Jesus Christ, knowing him in relationship, seeking first the kingdom of God, Paul says, I press on to reach that what that that phrase press on in that language there. It's this it's it's fatiguing the muscles completely to the point of exhaustion. And, and it's a it's a continual action. It's not a one time thing. The original language is this. It's a continuous action. I keep pressing on. In other words, I don't get satisfied. I keep moving through. So here's a question to ask yourself. What is my main goal? What is my main goal this upcoming year? And a lot of times we'll make it about all of these external kinds of things. But again, what would happen if your goal this year became, I want to really know Jesus deeper this year. I want to know him in a, in a greater way. And what is your vision for your life? What's your vision for your family? What's your vision for our church? You know, we say this a lot around here. Everybody ends up somewhere, right? You're going to end up somewhere this year. But only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. So where are you going to end up? You've got to have a goal. You've got to press towards that one thing. All right. And here's the final thing. If you're taking some notes, Paul says, pattern your life after me in this way is that there's got to be this great principle of determination. And here's what it is, is that you just don't give up. You fight through to the finish. And he uses the great illustration of a, of a race or a runner or whatever. And I won't go into that. But what the idea is, is that there's persistence. There's perseverance. The idea is this, is that it's often not easy. 
And that there's a struggle that is involved in it. And anything worthwhile requires persistence and not giving up. And so look at what he says. I press on. There's that present active indicative. It means I continually press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now look at this. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. He's saying we need to be teachable, okay? But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. That means we need to be persistent, okay? Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Remember, he's really rebuking this group of people called the Judaizers. And, and, and again, we talked about them last week, but they are false teachers. And he says, verse 18, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. In other words, they are enemies of the grace of Jesus Christ because he's focusing on the cross and the cross is where we find our forgiveness, Right. Verse 19, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. I think they have yet to experience the amazing grace of Jesus is what Paul is saying. They're all about their own effort and their own striving. But look at verse 20, okay, and we'll wrap this up with prayer. But we are citizens of heaven. Notice that he says, we are that right now. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Amen. So he's saying now be patient. You keep pressing, you keep working, you don't get complacent, you press on through because Christ is coming back and he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. And all God's people said, amen about that, right? Okay. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Paul's complete focus was this, becoming like Christ. And again, At the beginning of a year, we're always wanting to change. But what if our chief aim and our chief goal was this year, I'm going to be more like Jesus. Lord, do whatever it takes in my life to make me more like Jesus Christ. You know what that might mean for some of us? That there may be more suffering that's involved in certain ways because Christ suffered. And Paul speaks about knowing him in his sufferings. But what if I could know him, even in the midst of sufferings, what if I could still know him and know him and have joy in my life, no matter what my circumstances are? I want to ask you to pray with me, okay? Let's pray together. Paul said, I'm not going to quit no matter what happens. I'll never give up. I'm going to finish this race. What about you? These values that we just mentioned, these are key values for everyone's life. If you want to grow, this is the way to grow. If you, want to, if you want to be better this upcoming year, you've got to start by just examining yourself. Where do I need to improve? You've got to face those faults. You've got to focus on, on the things that matter. You've got to let go of some of the things in the past. What is it that you need to let go of? What is it that God's wanting to do in your life this year? Is it being a a better spouse? 
Is it being a better parent? Maybe it's being a better employee or being a better boss. Maybe it's just really growing in your walk with Christ. What's the focus of your life? Are there other things that have maybe taken over and somewhere along the way, maybe in 2014 or maybe maybe just even in the last few years, you've kind of gotten off track? God's grace and his mercies are made new to us every single day. So I just want to pray for us this morning. Father, I just want to, I want to thank you for everything and all that you have done. Lord, not only just in our church, but just in each of our lives in this past year. And so I encourage you right now, as you're there praying, Would you just give thanks for what God has done in your life? If you're a Christian, give thanks on how he saved you. Give thanks for his grace. If maybe you've been lulled into into a kind of complacency, would you ask God maybe now just to begin to remind you of all that he's done? And you need to know this in your heart that he wants to do even more through you. God's not done with you. Amen. If you're still breathing, he has plans for you. He has purpose for you. So right now, would you just offer yourself up to him in this upcoming year? and Just say, Lord, I'm available to you. What do you want to do in my life this year, Lord? How do you want to use me? And right now, God, I just make myself available. Lord, I want to be better in a way that brings glory to your name. Would you just tell him that? If you're a Christian, tell him that. I just want to be better, Lord, that glorifies you. I want to shine brightly for you this this 2015, this new year, Lord. I want people to see something different in me this year that they saw this last year. Lord, maybe my circumstances, maybe they are not going to change, but Lord, maybe you just want to change me in the way that I deal with them. So Father, we offer ourselves up to you this year. Lord, we want to shine bright in this this dark world that we live in. We want to be different. Some of you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and He loves you, and He's been pursuing you all of your life. If you've never accepted the grace and accepted the gift of eternal life that Jesus offers you. He comes to you now. And if you place your faith in Jesus, the scripture says, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. You might just pray something like this. Dear Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. And I invite you, Jesus, to be my savior. Lord, I want to follow you. I place my faith in you, Jesus Christ. As much as I know how, Lord, I want to follow you the rest of my life. Lord, thank you again for your word. May we never rest, Lord, in complacency. May we rest in who you are, but press on for the call that you've placed in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. It's going to be a great year this year. Amen. We know that God is going to use you in some amazing ways. We expect it. 
We know the Lord is going to do marvelous things through his people. Pastor Randy?